Hey, hey, Ethan Sawyer here, college essay guy. What if I always spoke in doubles? Hey, hey. My goal is to bring more ease, joy, and purpose into the college application process. And this is the College Essay Guy podcast, where I interview brilliant minds in the college admissions world, analyze their genius, and then break it on down for you in a series of practical, actionable steps that you can take, whether you're applying to college yourself or helping someone else. So this episode is part four of four in my epic miniseries, if you can have an epic miniseries, with Tudor Ted. And in this episode, just like the last one, we've turned the tables and Ted is actually interviewing me. And we're talking about what it takes to turn your essay from just okay into great, or maybe even really great. Uh, Specifically, I talk about what I believe the four qualities of a great college essay are. Uh, I give an example essay that I read that demonstrates these four qualities. And then I go through a little step-by-step process for bringing more of each of these into your essay. So if you're a student listening to this and you want to know how to make your essay better, apply these uh, techniques. If you are a counselor listening to this or a parent, you can take this and apply it. And it takes about 20 minutes. It takes me about 25 minutes to explain it, but that's because we did a little intro and outro. Um, You'll also hear lots of examples for all the qualities I discuss. And at the end, uh, I'll even give you a step-by-step process for how to make your reader cry. Hashtag joking and not joking. Finally, I give a little advice to parents and teachers offering essay feedback. So you're going to hear Ted's voice at the start, not mine, since he was interviewing me. Don't freak out. It'll be okay. Hope you enjoy. All right, we are back with Ethan Sawyer, the college essay guy. Um, And we're going to switch gears because we were initially um, kind of having these more um, grand and abstract conversations. Now we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. And the nitty gritty here is how do you improve or how do you, how do you write a good college essay? I guess is, is, is the prompt. So in 20 minutes, in 20 minutes. So re- you ready? I'm ready because that's the question, right? Is like anybody can eventually kind of like stumble into, you know, you put like the monkey in a typewriter thing. Anybody could eventually write something that would be good, but how do you do it in a truncated amount of time? How do you do it? Whether you're a student or whether you're a counselor who has a very limited time to meet with the student. So the promise of the premise, yeah. as it were, is how do you improve a personal statement in 20 minutes? And it begins with this question, and I'm going to pose this question to you, Ted. If you were to, God forbid, have to develop a rubric for a great college essay, what qualities, and let's just, I'm just going to put you on the spot and say, come up with two or three things that you feel like you, that a great personal statement has to have. So this is Ted's great college essay test. You got to have what, first of all? Um, it's got to be personal and show personality, I'd say. Nice. Um, it uh, should be honest, I think. Um, and, jeez, I don't know, creative, reflective. Yeah, yeah. Personal, creative, let's say ref- reflective might be personal, but let's say right. personal and creative. So here's my the tougher question is how would you get a student to get more personal or how would you get a student to bring forth the quality of creativity? Like how do you get somebody to do that? Wow, um, I think that I think Ethan's going to be a lot better at answering that question than I am. Um, <laughs> I am. Do I have permission to kick it back to you? <laughs> you do. Great. That's a hard question, right? And that's a question that I like to pose to to teachers and to counselors and stuff. Is that a lot of us can tell what's not good, right, or tell what what it should have more of, but then it's tough to actually get practical with it. And so, what I've done is I kind of pose this question to myself. Well, what qualities would I think a great college essay would have? And then the better and more important question I think is how do we actually bring more of those into a personal statement? So this is what I call Ethan's great college essay test. And for me, it's got four qualities, but there's a second part to it. How do you, you know, what are the four qualities of a great essay and how do you bring more into your essay in about 20 minutes? Hmm. So 
the for me, the first quality, and by the way, the way that I came up with this was not by like, you know, meditating and like thinking about the qualities or like bringing them down from the mountaintop. It was like just going over a ton of essays that I really loved and asking what qualities am I seeing in these and how are they doing it? So the first quality, number one, you can write this down if you want to take notes, is core values. And we've talked about this before, you and I, Ted, even on the podcast. But I think that at the end of a great personal statement, you should be able to name four or five of the author's core values. And secondly, I think they need to, there needs to be a variety of values. So not just hard work, perseverance, and discipline, which are kind of variations on the same thing. But we need to see that there's some variety there. Okay, I'll get into the how in just a minute. Let me just name the four values first. Second, vulnerability. And this is that personal mm -hmm. part yeah. where I feel like when I read a great personal statement, I don't just know more about the person intellectually, but I can actually feel who they are and I get some deeper sense of who they are. Um, and you know, one of the things when we went through our little exercise, I felt after going through it with you that I actually felt closer to you. Mm. And I think that I know that vulnerability has happened, like a vulnerable exchange has taken place when I do feel more connected to the person. Right, yeah. So the third quality is what I call, one way of talking about it is insight. So if you're taking notes at home, you can write down core values, vulnerability, and insight. But in parentheses, I would write down so what moments. These are the moments where you say something that I don't expect you to say. And I'll give some examples of that in a moment. But I think that one of the most important questions that a student can answer, and in fact, uh, Katie Sweeney, who's at Reed College, she said one of the ways that she knows that a student is college ready is if they can answer the question, so what? Mm. So demonstrating that in the essay, and again, I'll give an example in a minute, I think is an important way to demonstrate that you've got the qualities that a college is looking for. And are these so what moments, like, are these insightful moments actually insightful? <laughs> like, are they actually illuminating or right. are they just kind of like, you know, insights that just kind of sit there? <laughs> so the fourth one, craft. And craft is on a basic level, like, are the ideas logically connected and is it succinct, right? Because I think that's important. We're talking 650 words here. But really, I think craft is sort of the, once you do all the other ones, core values, you demonstrate core values and you demonstrate uh, vulnerability and you demonstrate insight and you're doing that in a way that's, you know, like I said, interesting and succinct, you start to develop something like craft and that takes many drafts. But it's essentially, do I get the sense that, that the, there is a, um, a series of carefully considered choices? in the personal statement. Can I throw in one thought there? Please. Just as, a, as a writer, um, I think as a young writer, I thought that writing was magic, and then you mm. basically had a good idea. When you had a good idea, you put it down. Um, it is, there is some magic to it in terms of having insight, um, but it's, the, the magic is achieved through hard work. Yeah, absolutely. You know? hard, good writing is rewriting. Right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so those are the qualities. And I want to just share with you, and it'll take me just three minutes, a personal statement that I think is great and that which, dem and which demonstrates the qualities I'm talking about. So this is called Barbie versus Terrorism and the Patriarchy. Mm. <laughs> and I don't normally suggest that essays have titles, but this one showed up in my email inbox. A student just sent me this email and said, hey, can you read my essay? And I read it, and I was like, hey, this is a great essay, and it's got a great title. I think you should keep it. So here's how it goes. Much of my early knowledge of how the world works was formed through countless hours spent playing with Barbie dolls. My sister Taylor and I had a plethora of toys, and by the way, it wouldn't be a college essay if it didn't have the word plethora <laughs> in it, <laughs> filling our basement's cabinets and often littering our brightly checkered Ikea rug. But Barbie was our favorite. We gave her choppy, unfortunate haircuts, <laughs> houses constructed out of large wooden dominoes, and a variety of cars, a neon orange truck, a convertible with a bubblegum pink steering wheel, and a Volkswagen Beetle with a missing back tire. 
Nice details. Nice details, right? This is I'm marking this as craft because I get mm-hmm. the sense that there is a a writerly mind, someone who's sensitive mm-hmm. to details, who says, "No, these details are important." This Volkswagen Beetle had a missing back tire, mm-hmm. and the confidence that it takes to put that in there and to include that kind of detail to me as a writer, that's a, a great example of verisimilitude, mm-hmm. right? And just the, for the English teachers out there who are going, "Yes," <laughs> for those who don't know what that word means, vera from veritas meaning truth, simile meaning like. So like truth, it gives us the sense that this is real life we're talking about. Mm. Above the basement, the essay continues, the kitchen radio spewed out information. The news of the 9-11 attacks on our friends' parents at the Pentagon, the war in Afghanistan, and the D.C. area's sniper attacks on our entire community. But Taylor and I had trouble understanding what the information meant. As my mom drove me to a doctor's appointment, our local station announced that the snipers had shot someone just miles away. After I raced her inside into the waiting room, I soaked in the murmur about guns, a white van, and two very bad men. In the car ride home, I asked her a myriad of questions. That's the other great college essay (laughs) word about terrorism. I'm worried I have both those words in my college (laughs) essay. I asked my mom a myriad of questions about terrorism, including, do bullets go through glass? Her responses left me still craving answers, so I took matters into my own hands. At five years old, I decided to enlist Barbie in the Army. So there's a moment where I get a core value, which is like curiosity, even as a kid, she was asking these questions. And there's also a core value of like engagement with like social issues mm. and a little moment of insight where I'm like, I don't know what the, why she did this yet, but there's like something I didn't expect her to say. Right. Yeah. While I fought against my penetrating fear of the world outside our haven of toys, Barbie herself fought against the very terrorism I was afraid of. And if you're a psychologist, you're like, mind is like exploding with, you know, what's actually happening here. In what we called our, quote-unquote, Barbie Afghanistan, Taylor and I worked through our confusion by making Barbie fight the battles, still wearing her high heels and ball gowns. Hmm. So there's another, there's like awareness of the irony of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's subtle, but it's there. It's a perfect like, level of irony for a 650-word essay. Too. <laughs> right. Yeah. I no longer play with Barbie, but she has fought another war in my adolescence. I'm a passionate feminist. So a little insight. Oh, this gives mm. us a little new bit of information and a core value as well. Uh, and you could, what is that core value? Social justice, equality, right? And my opinions about Barbie have caused an internal tug of war on my beliefs. As I sit in my basement now, surrounded by books and my laptop, I have just as many questions as I did at five years old. So she's bringing that value of curiosity into the present. I've desperately attempted to consolidate my opposing opinions of Barbie into a single belief, but I've accepted that they're separate. In one, she has perpetuated physical ideals unrepresentative of how real female bodies are built. Striving to look like Barbie is not only striving for the impossible, the effort is detrimental to women's psychological and physical health, including my own. In the other, Barbie has inspired me in her breaking of the plastic ceiling. Hmm. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. She has dabbled in close to 150 careers, including some I'd love to have. Right? Insight. Great. A UNICEF ambassador, teacher, and business executive. And although it's not officially listed on her resume, Barbie served honorably in the war in Afghanistan. (laughs) Boom. Another insight moment where I'm like, whoa. And also really well-crafted. It's succinct and beautifully put. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't be more efficient. Early on in the paragraph, she talks about how she's got these opposing views and she hasn't, she's not reconciling them. So there's a moment of vulnerability where she's like, I haven't figured this out yet. Right, right. Barbie's proven to be an 11 and a half inch tall embodiment of both what frustrates and excites me. Hmm. From terrorism to feminism and beyond, I'm vexed by the complexities of the world, but eager to piece things together. 
although I'm frustrated by what I can't understand, I've realized that confusion is okay. Mm -hmm. So there's some more vulnerability mm -hmm. and some more insight. Mm -hmm. Last paragraph. With Barbie as my weapon, I've continued to fight in the many wars in my life. I've found great value in the questions I ask and in my attempts to reconcile our world's inevitable contradictions. Aren't you excited for her to go to college? <laughs> Things can be innocent yet mature. They can be detrimental yet empowering. And they can even wear high heels and a ball gown while fighting in a war. Hmm. Sweet. Sweet, right? That's it? That's the end? That's the end. I love it. Yeah. The, and there's that metaphor at the end that's just like all the complexity is in this thing. Mm -hmm. So for those of you out there, students, who think, oh, I need to have a great challenge to write about, she talks about her Barbie doll yeah. and what her Barbie doll means to her. Now, one thing I'll say is that if, you don't, if you're not writing about a challenge and your essay isn't plot heavy in the sense that like, I experienced this, which led to that, which led to that, then I think in order to make a really standout essay, you need insight like this. Something where you really gotta ask yourself, so what, several times to get to something interesting. And I sense that this author spent a lot of time thinking about the topic and what made this a compelling topic for her. Because your focusing lens, that is to say the thing that you choose to write about, needs to reveal a lot of core values. And by a lot, I mean four or five. What do I get from her? Social justice. Well, actually, let's, let's just apply the great college essay test for a second. Great. So part two, how can we bring more values, vulnerability, and insight into the essay? Or how do we improve it if it's just okay, <laughs> in quotes, right? This is what students sometimes ask. How do I make it better? Here's how to make it better. Number one, how do you bring more core values into your essay? Ask yourself these three questions. And again, this is after you've written a draft. It can be harder to pre-plan this. So I would say if you're thinking about writing a draft, you can think about this, but come back to this later once the draft is done. Once your draft is done, ask yourself, number one, which values are coming through really clearly in my essay? You should be able to highlight them and point to the moment where we can see, ah, yes, feminist, okay, social justice is important to you, okay? Number two, which values are kind of coming through, but could be coming through more clearly? Highlight those in a different color. Or if you're on Google Docs, put whatever the value is and like a question mark. Mm. And you can do this for yourself or you can have somebody else help you do this. Third, and this is a good question to ask someone who knows you, which values do you possess and that are important to you but that aren't coming through at all in the essay right now? Like maybe you have a sense of humor but that's just not anywhere present. If you'll notice in this last essay, it's not a laugh out loud funny, but we get her sense of humor. You know, there's, there are these moments of irony that really show her intelligence in a couple different moments. So that's just one example of how you can bring in something like humor in just these little tiny moments. Okay, once you've done that, for the values that are coming through really clearly, label them, like what is the value? And then say, great job, now how can I say that more succinctly? Because <laughs> you're gonna need more space and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Second, for the values that are kind of coming through, ask yourself, how could I choose a detail, an image, a metaphor, something that would make that value come through even more clearly. So for example, in the Barbie versus terrorism and the patriarchy essay, if I asked the student, I'll just name her Sarah, that's not her name, but if I said, Sarah, where, you know, what, what values do you want? What do you want people to get? And if she said, I really want people to get that I'm a leader, I might say, okay, that's kind of in that second category for me. I'm not really getting leadership yet. I get commitment to social justice, but you know, how could leadership come through more clearly? and we might talk about this, and I might say, okay, for example, for your commitment to feminism, how has that manifest itself in your school community, for example? You know, I might ask some more leading questions. Do you speak up? Are you part of clubs? Do you advocate for, you, you know, for women, you know, for women's rights? What does that look like? How does that, so that might be an example of how to bring more of that quality into that particular essay. Ask yourself for years, like, is there one that you kind of are hoping is there, but when you go to find the exact example, it's not exactly there? How could that come through more clearly? Finally, 
for the values that aren't there yet, this is why you need to sort of trim for the earlier part, is, okay, is there another value that could bring a little more variety into the essay so that when they get to the end, it's not just hard work and perseverance, but they also get your commitment to environmental change and your ability to have developed healthy boundaries in your life. So I'm just picking random values that would provide some more variety. So that's one. That's how to bring more values into your essay. Can I ask one question Please. at the risk of making this go over 20 minutes? No worries. Um, what is the right quantity of values for a college essay? You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like sometimes people actually want to put in uh, more than would fit necessarily. They, they, may, they may actually start the essay thinking, I want to communicate these five things about myself, these five major qualities that there's no way you have the real estate to yeah. kind of tell that story. I think it's three to five. Okay. I think that when you try to do 12, it starts to get like, what is this essay about? It seems like it's about everything. Mm -hmm. If you do one, it's fine. It could be like, that could be like the main theme could be adaptability. Right, you right. Know? Um, and so I, I think that there, even if you are focused on one particular value as like a common thread, like it's about me being adaptable, along the way you're probably going to, if that's like the, you know, the, the, the backbone of the essay, yeah. the vertebra are, or vertebrae are the, you know, are the different values. And so I think that if you, tr yeah, three to five and, and what, why? Because think of the big chunks of your essay. That is to say the big paragraphs, you mm -hmm. know, if you kind of can theme your paragraphs by a value, that can be a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Second, how do we come up with more uh, vulnerability? How can you be more vulnerable in your essay? You might be wondering, wait a minute, wait a minute, do I have to be vulnerable to write a great essay? And the answer, of course, is no. But when I look at the best essays, the essays I love, there's something like what I would call vulnerability. And consider that there are many ways to be vulnerable. So it's not just necessarily, and let me give you three ways to be vulnerable. The first way is the way that we normally think of, which is reveal something that you worry people might judge you for, something that might have a, uh, a social stigma attached to it, or that you just feel shame about. And just give you some quick examples. So there's an essay, and you can Google the with debate essay, and it's on my website. Here's a student. She writes in her paragraph. Think about how vulnerable it is to admit this. I gave up self-defense after embarrassing myself in class. After school band, library volunteering, and book clubs mm. ended similarly. Mm. Continued effort yielded nothing. <laughs> so she's talking about all that she's quit and failed at, which you wouldn't normally think you'd want to lead with in a <laughs> personal statement, right? But in the context of her essay, what you'll see if you read it is that it shows that she's trying different things. She's trying to be creative. She's working hard. Another example. This is another opening to a great essay that I love. And you can Google the I shot my brother essay <laughs> to find this one. First line. Great title. Here's a secret no one in my family knows. Hmm. I shot my brother when I was six. I'm going to leave it at there. If you Google that, you can find the rest of that. But that's something that people might judge him for. Another one more quick example. It was Easter. And we should have been celebrating with our family but my father had locked us in the house. If he wasn't going out, neither were my mother and I. Mm. Another essay where it's like, okay, wow, there's some stuff going on there. So in this case, there was some domestic abuse. Um, a lot of it was emotional abuse. But in those examples, we see, okay, we've got some you know, context to provide. That's one way of being vulnerable, right? Why do this? And I'll give you two ways, two other ways of being vulnerable in a second. I think that vulnerability creates interesting questions and it can kind of magnetize us to the story, to your story. If you raise a question like, why did he shoot his brother? Then that's going to draw us into the story. Once you explain it, oftentimes there's, we feel closer to you. You know, I, like I said earlier, I feel like when we can get vulnerable with each other, we sort of understand each other on a deeper level. Um, there's a great Ted talk that Brene Brown gives on the power of vulnerability that I highly recommend. Mm. I just think that magical things happen when, as you said to me earlier today, 
when we don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And I think vulnerability is the path towards that unexpected, you know, the undiscovered country, as Hamlet <laughs> calls it. Um, I was thinking as, as Spock calls it, but uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> I, think, I think it started with Hamlet. I think you're right. <laughs> the second way to be vulnerable is to do what this last student did, is to discuss a challenge or maybe a contradiction that is either unresolved in your mind or that is potentially unresolvable. So this Barbie thing that she talks mm-hmm. about it offers these two things that you can't really resolve because, mm-hmm. yeah, Barbie does represent some bad stuff and she mm-hmm. also does represent some inspiring stuff. And that can't be fixed. And so what she says at the end, the kind of semi-resolution she gives is that confusion's okay, mm-hmm. which is somewhat satisfying, but also is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of vulnerable because she doesn't tie it up with a neat little bow. A lot of high school writers I've found, because you know, I, I work on essays in terms of the admissions test, um, are uncomfortable with letting complexity sort of be the answer to the question. Yeah. And sometimes that is the right answer to the question, or the, you know, the most interesting answer to the question. So that, right. that's a challenge to get to that And it's hard, it's hard to do well. So to yeah. even embark on that venture is a vulnerable thing. Right. How do you find your own unresolvable conflicts? Because I think I've figured out a way to do this. Hmm. If you Google the values exercise, and you look at like your top three to five values, and you start to ask yourself, where do these values come into conflict? So for example, one of my core values is uh, practicality and efficiency. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get things done fast in the most succinct, you know, fastest way possible. If I were to go on and explain that more, it probably wouldn't be very efficient. <laughs> uh, but the other one is um, fun and yeah. presence. Yeah. And the value, and I just wanna like hang out with people, and I wanna laugh and be silly. That's not a very efficient. <laughs> and so these values do not hmm. coincide. They don't go together always. Yeah, right? that's great. Yeah. And so if I were to write, a, I could probably write, say some more about that, about how these values. Another one is like my commitment to stability because I love mm. um, being in my house and I love you know, my life and I love not having to drive too much. I also love to travel and I mm. love variety and spontaneity. I love making plans. Mm-hmm. I also love changing those plans. You mm-hmm. know? So these are all things that are contradictions that live within me. And, you know, just I meant speaking of Hamlet, you know, one of the things that hmm. the critic Samuel Johnson praised it for is, is the, the great variety that is in the play. Mm. And I think a lot of that has to do with the contradictions in, in his character. Mm. Um, so where do your core values come into conflict? Picking one of those can be a really productive um, path to go down. I encourage students to write about stuff you haven't figured out yet, mm. because I feel like your college, your personal statement is not a record of your history, who you've been, it's actually a record of your becoming. Who are you discovering yourself to be? Mm. You were on the edge of yourself, kind of tumbling forward. I don't know yet. Great, keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I sometimes will encourage students to come to the edge of their awareness about something and then ask themselves, so what? Mm-hmm. And see what they can push to find, to discover live. Because I think that it's more exciting when we sense that this personal statement is a live, a record of live discoveries that are happening. Mm-hmm. You, there's like a freshness that pops off the page. Mm-hmm. Third, the third way to be vulnerable is to describe a passion and to not apologize for it. So one student wrote, for example, I'm the math geek who marvels at the fundamental theorems of calculus or sees beauty in A equals, and there's this big, I don't know, you might actually know what this formula is, but I don't. But he's, he describes it without apology. I think it's the area of the triangle from the side, lengths of the sides. There's another student who writes about string theory after reading uh, Brian Greene's Elegant Universe. And she talks about seeing that everything in her life could be controlled by infinitesimal interconnected loops. The universe, a mind-boggling large space, might be only one of an infinite number of universes. So she's geeking out on science. Hmm. You guys, this is a great way to be vulnerable. You know, here's something that I'm really passionate about, and I'm not apologizing for it. 
So think about vulnerability in the broad sense and ask yourself, if you've written a personal statement, have I been vulnerable? Or ask somebody after they read it, is this coming from more from my head or is it coming from my heart, from my gut? Can you feel me through the essay? <laughs> Third quality, insight. How do you bring more so what moments into your essay and to make sure that your insightful moments are actually insightful? I actually have a step-by-step -step for this. Hmm. So take your show moments, which are the moments in your personal statement where you're demonstrating a value or a quality. So for example, here's a show moment from an essay that I really like. Many nights you'll find me in the garage replacing standard chrome trim with an elegant piano black finish or changing the threads on the stitching of the seats to add a personal touch. So that's a cool, I call that the painting. Mm -hmm. That's the image that tells me some core values. So what core values? I'm getting that he's detail-oriented, um, attentive to aesthetics, meticulous. Mm -hmm. But so what? That's what the next part. So once you do the show, what's the tell? Here's what he says after it. So what? As I believe, a few small changes can transform a generic product into a personalized work of art. So what's the insight there? Small things can make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Small, but important because it gives me some insight into this person's perspective. Now, the key for this is to take your own show moments and first ask yourself, do I have a tell? Do I have something, mm. an insight after it where I've answered so what? If not, you might add one. But if you're trying to test one that you've already done, you might say like, for example, I love teaching. What's the insight? So what? Because for me, I love helping others. Not much of an insight. Mm. Ask, your, ask a partner, just do this with a partner, read your show moment, that is to say, give your painting aloud, and then see if your partner can guess what the insight is gonna be. Mm. And if the partner can guess the insight, then it's probably kind of boring. <laughs> but if they can't guess it, when you tell them what it is, and they're like, ooh, that's nice, mm. that might qualify as an insight. Mm. The analogy of the painting, take it this way. Imagine that you've got a painting on the wall, and you're saying something smart about it. You know, imagine that you're at the Mona Lisa with a, a famous art critic and the art critic, famous art critic says, you know, it almost seems as if the Mona Lisa is smiling. Like not much of an insight. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. dude, that's like Mona Lisa's thing, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not much there. How can you say something that might change the way that we think about the Mona Lisa? Mm -hmm. So you'll have a series of paintings in your essay. Each one should have something, not every single one, but I think a few moments in the essay, you should say something that we didn't quite expect. That's what's going to make your essay stand out. It's what's going to make it more specific and different from, you know, all the other essays that might be about someone else designing something. Okay. So that's how to make it stand out. And again, I think this can work either with somebody else or just on your own. If you, um, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll share a link to this essay so that people can see it. Finally, how do we improve? Oh, the, the other part of that analogy, you're the painter. You're also the art critic who needs to say something smart about mm. your paintings. Mm -hmm. And then you're also the curator. Mm. So if you don't like one of the paintings, one of the examples you've given, throw it out. Paint a new painting. Yeah. Finally, how do you improve craft? Three steps to improving craft. Number one, you can try expressing a complex thought in a succinct way. Mm -hmm. So take a part that's kind of long-winded in your essay and ask yourself, is there a metaphor or an image or a very short way yeah. that, I could, that I could express this? Here's an example. One student in her uh, personal statement had a really complex relationship with her mom. Here's how she described her. A tiny bird of a woman with clipped wings. Mm. Whoa. There's a lot there. That's the kind of like to say that's the line that if Meryl Streep read that in a <laughs> screenplay, that she was uh, describing a tiny bird of a woman with clipped wings, she'd be like, I want to play that character. Yes, yes. That, and that'd be the Oscar clip too. Right. Yeah. There's, a little, there's a lot of depth there. So yeah. how can you express something in a more succinct way? Number two, using big words, but selectively. 
and I'll give you an example in the with debate essay that you can just Google to find. In this essay, she says, my diffidence was frustrating. Or she says, as calls for help grew, the more defunct I became. She uses these little tiny 50 cent words. She doesn't go crazy with them because what ends up happening with, and here's my take on big words. If you use a couple, people are kind of drawn in and curious and it can have a magnetizing force. Like, ooh, what other big words might this person know? Or, you know, how smart is this person? Mm -hmm. If you start to use too many, it starts to have a distancing effect and it's kind of the opposite effect. And you start to kind of get suspicious, or I do. Like, Mm -hmm. is this person trying to show off and impress me? Um, And it can kind of actually push me away. (laughs) My my response, you can see in my physical like body language, I, I actually... I have reservations about using them much at all. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's like when a cheaper word, or not cheaper, but you know, when a a simpler word does the same work, I'd go with the simpler word. That's that's my personal feeling. And listen, and if it's if that's the way the student talks, that's what I would say. Right, right. In this case, with that student, this is how she wrote. This is how she thought. Totally. And it was super casual and super. So that's why I, the emphasis there is probably on selectively. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, I'm I'm, I'm not the college essay guy. Uh, <laughs> well, look, don't don't make the takeaway from this that you need to use big words. I'm I'm in your camp where, you know, write like you. I would say rather than write like you talk, I would say imagine you're having a conversation with a smart friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And or the other thing I'll say to sometimes students is like write like you're writing for my grandmother. Mm. And like, well, I don't know your grandmother. Well, mm. she's a pretty smart lady and she knows some stuff, but it needs to be clear. Yeah, you know? t- totally. And, and and being precise, I think, is the key, right? So yeah, if, exactly. if your big word is precise and right on the button, go for it. And if your big word is actually precise, then you should definitely yes. use that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, uh, this is kind of joking, the hashtag joking, not joking. <laughs> but the third way to know that you've developed craft is if your essay makes the reader cry. Here's a step-by-step. Uh, three-step process for how to make a reader cry. <laughs> Number one, tap into something so deep and so personal and important to you that just thinking about it makes you cry, moves you to tears. Number two, and this is, by the way, if you listen to um, Ted, when I you know interviewed him, uh, there was some stuff that he was tapping into. There was like some deep stuff and he didn't cry, but that was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's some stuff. I was working really hard not to cry. <laughs> I tried. (laughs) Number two, write about it, write about the thing in a way that never ever makes the reader feel like Mm. you're trying to make him or her cry because that can have that same distancing effect. Yeah, exactly. Are you trying to manipulate me? (laughs) Number three, finally, at the end, leave something unaccounted for. Don't try to explain everything. I think the great Mm. essays, the great books, the great poems that we know and love, there's something that where there's like a space at the end where we haven't... And what that space allows us to do is to like step into it as a reader Mm -hmm. as a viewer and you know move around in it and Mm. to feel for ourselves so i think that allows the feeling space to kind of make up the ending um and to to make some of the connections for ourselves and that sometimes can be really moving um how do you test this you give your essay to five different Hmm. people and if it makes three out of five cry then you're good (laughs) there's no real way to test this but um the key of course is to remember to do this without trying to do it which is one of those paradoxes. Hmm. So Ted, that's what I got. Those are my four tips. Again, core values, vulnerability, insight, and craft. If you're just working on a personal statement right now for the first time, don't worry about craft. Focus on the first three. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of these methods will help you do it. If you're looking for more resources on how do you even start, you know, if you're like, wait, 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 I haven't even written my personal statement yet. 
at collegeessayguide.com. I've got some great exercises and even a free guide to writing your personal statement mm. where you can walk through a, a workshop with me, a virtual workshop, nice. and I'll take you to this place where you can get to a draft that hopefully has some of these qualities. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I love, I love worrying about craft last. It's so important, but I think that sometimes people put it first. Um, and the danger is you can craft an essay that doesn't say anything that's interest that, that's very interesting. Let know? me give some advice just to teachers and parents. When you're looking at a first draft of a, per, of a student's essay or your son or daughter's essay, think of it in three steps. Content, in other words, is this the best topic? Right. Structure, is this the best way to tell this story? Details. What often happens is that we get focused on the details too early. And yeah. if I tell a student that this word, if I start picking on word choice in a first draft, what that tells, it sends a message to the student that the content and structure are pretty okay and it's time to think about details. Now, they might not have the same sort of, you know, structure in their heads, right. content, structure, details. But the first question to ask, I think, is, is this the deepest story? Is this the content? Is this the right. clay we want right. to mold with, yes. right? right? And once we got that, now we ask, okay, well, how could we tell this in, a, in an interesting way? Don't deal with grammar. Don't even yeah. touch it. Don't even mention don't even it. think about it, yeah. Students come into me first time and they're like, I don't know if I use this word, <laughs> or it's too long. Don't worry about it if it's too yeah. long, right? Yeah. Like we long is good, out. probably. Oh, you know it's great. I mean? yeah, yeah, it's yeah. better because we want, it, we want to just let the, the story tell itself in the way that it's going to tell itself initially. And then we can go from there. But content first, yeah. then structure, then details. Don't talk about details until you've got the other two on lock. I'm going to cut Ethan off because if I don't, he's going to keep going. Um, and um, it's true. Yeah, and he's got a birthday party to go to today. Uh, is it a child's birthday party? It is. My yeah, my nephew and niece. Oh, cool. Very yeah, cool. Thanks. Um, that's it for today. That was awesome. Yeah, um, and I'm going to have a, a a tough billing to live up to when I give my sort of like power tips for. Uh, you doing better on your ACT and SAT, um, but we'll save that for next time. Thanks so much for listening. That was fun. Um, so if you look at collegeessayguy.com slash podcast, you'll get the show notes, which has got links to some of the things that I mentioned on the, um, on the episode, like the values exercise and my free guide to writing the personal statement. There's also a link to, if you want to just get the very short video of me leading this, there's like a, I think a 10 minute video of me doing this and a one page PDF that all of this has been distilled down into. I should have told you that at the start, right? Anyway, you'll find that all in the show notes. Thanks so much. Stay curious. Stay curious.